Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here today. And I believe that God's word will build you up to do what he has called you to do and to be the person that he has called you to be. Now, today we're going to receive the tithes and offerings, and we're going to bring them into the house of God. And then after that, we're going to jump into today's message. But first, let's honor the Lord and bring the tithe into the storehouse. And let's take a look today at a scripture to encourage our faith and build our faith in the area of finances. And we find it in Psalm 66, verses 10, 11, and 12, which say, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. My friends, when you give your heart to Jesus and you begin walking with God, there is the introduction to the kingdom lifestyle, which is new. And even if you're, let's say you're 80 and you get saved, well, you're going into a, a brand new kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's son. And it's very different from the kingdom of darkness. And in the kingdom of light, as we begin to walk in obedience to God's word, suddenly all of the former humiliations that the enemy was able to place upon us, those begin to get phased out. These types of things of affliction being laid on our backs and men riding over our heads, and it's almost like the devil running roughshod over your life, that comes to a conclusion, and that begins to get wrapped up very swiftly when your heart is given to the Lord, and you begin to walk in His commandments. And when you do that, you end up arriving in the destination that God had created for you, planned for you, designed before, uh, designed for you before you were even born, and it's referred to here. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Now, I like the King James translation, which says you brought us out to our wealthy place. That actually is a very accurate translation as well, because the Hebrew here defines a situation where you come into a place that is very broad, very wide, and it is a place of abundance and wealth. Praise the Lord. And that's where God is bringing you to. And we must arrive there the right way. We see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And when you do that, when you strictly obey the Lord's commandments and you obey his voice, where is he taking you to? Your wealthy place that he has designated for you to arrive at. I believe this year you will find yourself standing in your wealthy place prepared for you by God. I'm not just talking about a mansion when you get to heaven. <laughs> I'm talking about here on earth. God has decreed, designed, prepared a wealthy place for you to be functioning and living in. And this is the year of the enemy riding over you and all kinds of crazy things happening to you. Those things begin to get uh, cut off. Why? You're staying on the strict path of walking with the Lord. 
And therefore, the enemy's access is cut off. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So today, as you honor the Lord with your tithe and with your offering, just realize this is where God is taking you to. You're on a journey of fullness. And I, I like how the uh, New King James does call it that. It calls it rich fulfillment. That's where you're going to. Not just when you get to heaven, but here on the earth. God wants you blessed. God wants you up and running. God wants you blessed. Why? So you can be a blessing just like your spiritual forefather, Abraham. Praise God. So step into this today by faith. Say this right now. This year, I'm coming into my wealthy place. This year, I'm coming into my place of rich fulfillment. Woo! Praise God. And may the Lord Jesus receive all the glory. Hallelujah. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. Now, if you prefer to bring in your tithes and offerings online, you can do so from anywhere in the world, day or night. Go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage that says give. It has a red heart on it. And you can click that and you can bring your tithes and offerings in from anywhere in the world. Praise God. Now, lift your hands. Heavenly Father, bless your people. This is the year where they are going into their wealthy place. They are heeding your commandments. They are listening to and obeying your voice. This is the year, oh God, where you begin to lift them up, and they're going to find themselves in that place rejoicing and praising you. And we thank you for it. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you and thank you for your faithful support and giving as you honor the Lord now with your tithe and with your offering. Praise God. All right, let's jump into today's message. We're going to begin today in Psalm 29. This is very, very powerful. We're going over to Psalm 29. Thank you, Jesus. And let's pray. Father, as we jump into your word, let your word be alive and living and let it jump into us producing the 100 fold return of righteousness, peace and joy and victory in every compartment of our life. And we thank you for the power of your word. We celebrate your word today and your spirit behind your word that energizes your word in Jesus name we pray and we agree and say, amen. Praise God. We're going to be in Psalm 29, and let me say that when faith is at work, the power of God is in operation. And without faith, of course, nothing's going to get done, because the just shall live by faith. Now, as you walk in faith, the power of God will begin to manifest, and it will clear all obstacles out of the path that God has called you to walk up on. And I want to talk just for a moment about how faith comes and how God's voice is going to come to you and give you the strength that you need to move forward in that divine plan. Praise God. Now we are in Psalm 29. Let's drop down to verse four. 
The voice of the Lord is powerful, and that's what we want to focus on today. Today we're talking about the voice of the Lord. We could even call His voice the majestic voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Praise God. Now, of course, my friends, when you hear the voice of God, the first thing it does is that it imparts faith into your spirit. A charge from God comes into you of explosive faith, and that is a direct result of having heard the voice of the Lord. Now, let's look at a few examples here of the latent power that is within the speaking of the voice and that word coming forth. We see this now in verse five, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Praise God. Now there's more examples, but I felt led today. Uh, there's more examples in this Psalm, but I felt led today to talk a little bit about this one. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Now, I want to put an image up on the screen for those of you that are watching this by video. I want you to take a look of the image. What you're seeing is a picture from 1980, and you're looking at Mount St. Helens. But you're looking at it the day before it exploded, and the volcano uh, blew. Woo! And did it ever blow? And I want us to consider the power of the word of the Lord. Now, let's go to the second picture. What you're seeing there, my friend, is the next day. Okay, so you just saw Mount St. Helens. Now we're on the next day, and you're seeing thousands and thousands of trees blown over. How did they get knocked over? Let me tell you right now, every single one of those trees got knocked down and blown over in less than one second. The blast wave, when that volcano exploded, that blast wave went out at such a phenomenal speed that anything in its path, which in that case would have been a lot of trees, got flattened like a pancake. Let's go to the next picture. This is picture number three. Look at the side of that mountain. As that blast wave tore through there, every one of those trees was slammed flat. Now, all of those trees you're looking at have the life potential of living 1,000 years. Most of those trees that are laying dead now, knocked over, they were anywhere within the range of 200 to 300 years of age. But now, look at them completely flattened by the blast wave of that volcano when it erupted. Now, let's go to image number four, and what you're seeing there is a shattered, splintered stump. I've got to read verse five again. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Listen to this. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. That image of that stump right there, you're looking at a tree, the stump of a tree that was about uh, 300 years old. And when that blast wave tore through there, it grabbed every one of those trees, just like it did that one, twisted it, yanked it and pulled it and ripped it completely off of the stump base. And it did it all in less than one second. You're looking at what happened to every single one of those trees. 
My friends, we're talking power. You're talking tremendous force. And you have to understand that when we are talking about the voice of God, we're not, we're not just like uh, dancing around poetic terms that are, that, that are uh, picturesque and that are pretty. We're talking about the highest level of power that there is in the known universe. Praise God. So there was tremendous power released by that volcano. Scientists said that close to the volcano, the force of the blast was almost incomprehensible. It also produced, for those of you that have studied uh, the the explosion, it, it produced the largest landslide ever recorded in human history. And it was observed as the entire mountain face just slid down. And collapsed right in front of the video cameras. One man, a volcanologist, was six miles away on a ridge watching what was happening. He jumped on the radio and said, this is it. This is it. That was the last they ever heard of him. The, the blast wave killed him instantly. Although he was six miles away, boom, when that power was released, when the force was released, it just wiped out everything in front of it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me say this. There is nothing, nothing that you will ever encounter that, you, that will ever confront you that God's voice cannot break and shatter to pieces. Woo. Then I'll think about that. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. And God's voice is way more powerful than the volcanic eruption of Mount St. Helens. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Now, when we're talking about the earthly realm of, of such events as a volcanic eruption, this is still nothing compared to cosmic power that unfolds in outer space. And let me talk just for a moment about the largest explosions that take place in our universe. And these are known as supernovas and what happens when a supernova explodes. Um, When a supernova explodes, it's one star and when it's, when it dies, it explodes. And that one star, a supernova can literally, when it shines real bright like that, it can outshine not just the other stars around it, it can outshine an entire galaxy. Now that's bright. That is a massive explosion, uh, cosmic level type events here. A supernova can release more energy in one second than our sun can in over 1 million years of constant burning. Think of all the energy the sun is using today. And think about that sun, our sun, burning for a million years in one second. A supernova can release more energy than what our sun can do in a million years. And it is so bright that we actually, in natural history of the earth, going back to ancient times and uh, even one that took place in the medieval ages, there's been four supernovas that have been recorded in human history that from this planet you could actually see when you looked up in the sky, uh, I think the last one that took place that was noticeable by, noticeable by human eyes took place in the medieval ages. I believe it was in the year uh, 1200 and something. But people that were out that day could look during the daytime 
and see a super bright star. They didn't know what it was, but scientists do now because they've, they've actually have calculated and found those supernovas that blew up. But my friends, this again, though, is, is power beyond, beyond levels of human comprehension just about. Praise the Lord. Now, the largest explosions that take place in the universe are the supernovas when they explode. Now, I've shared that with you to take you somewhere to share a scripture with you. I believe now will make more sense to you. As we go to this scripture, I want you to keep in mind that the voice of the Lord is powerful. It shatters. It breaks. It will obliterate anything in your path. And cedars were being used as an example here. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, trees are often symbolic of people. So you could have wicked people. You could have wicked individuals that say, we're going to stand in your path. We're going to block you. We're going to tie you up legally or this or that or the other. And uh, God, God can deal with that. You know, interesting story. The uh, denomination called the church of God in Christ. And I've, I have pastors that are friend, that I know that are in the church of God in Christ. Uh, if you go back and you study the origination of that movement that God raised up. It was raised up by a very godly man named Charles Harrison Mason. And one time they arrested uh, Bishop Mason down in Mississippi and they put him in a jail and they, the jail, uh, they, they intentionally, they put him in the basement area of the jail area. There was a basement down there and they did it on purpose to suffocate him in an endeavor that hopefully that it would kill him while he was down there. And God sent a tornado and blew the jail completely away. And, uh, uh, they eventually brought him before the judge and the judge took one, when, when Charles Harrison Mason walked into the courtroom and the judge saw him come in, the judge shouted, he said, no way. I'm not having anything to do with that man. That's a holy man of God. Get him out of my courtroom. <laughs> See, when the word of the Lord starts going forth and bad people start dying and, and that word starts shattering trees or whatever might be resisting God's decreed will, ooh, watch out. Things get very, very interesting. So oftentimes uh, trees such as cedars and others are symbolic sometimes of wicked people that would stand in the way. That was also represented by the Assyrians and the Assyrian army. And we know that God dealt with them, and in one night, just with one angel, killed 185,000 of them. Praise God. Now, Matthew chapter 17, let's talk about this verse in the context that the voice of God is powerful. Ultimate power. Ultimate power. More powerful than Mount St. Helens. God's voice is more powerful than a supernova. And, you know, scientists today, they find supernovas all over the place in outer space. I mean, they're still rare, but they, they have found many of them. But, uh, you know, God's, God's behind all of this awesome power and splendor. So NASA just put up a new uh, space telescope. And some journal, journalists are saying, oh, this is going to be great. Once they flip the switch on that and get everything calibrated and lined up, we're going to finally be able to see to the edge of the universe. Uh, let me just announce right now before the whole world, and of course many believers know this, there is no telescope 
that we'll ever, ever be able to see to the edge of the universe. And I'm actually glad to see that there are some scientists that are actually saying that. There are astrophysicists that are saying, no, we're never going to say, we're never, ever going to see to the edge of the universe. Why? Because it's expanding all the time. Pastor Stephen, I can't comprehend that. That's because God's doing it. <laughs> it's God. <laughs> Woo! Now, I do believe that that new telescope is going to capture some phenomenal images, but it's just going to create more questions. It's just going to create more questions because God's behind it all, and God's power and ability is so far beyond anything that we can comprehend that all we can do is just receive it by faith, embrace it, and use it to do what God has called us to do. Now, as we endeavor to wrap our minds around this phenomenal power that can even go off the cosmic scale with the power of the voice of the Lord, now let's look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now get ready. I'm going to endeavor by the Holy Spirit to help you to understand the whole principle of the mustard seed. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, Let's talk about, just for a moment, the context of what's going on in this story. Previously, there's a man that comes up to the Lord's disciples asking for help. He has a son. The son has epilepsy, and behind the epilepsy, of course, is a demon that's living in the child. And so there is a power that's needed that the apostles are endeavoring to exercise and walk in. They're endeavoring to exercise power basically enough power to get this demon out. Now, remember, they're trying to get a demon out. They're not trying to blow up uh, a thousand acres of trees like the, like the volcano did. They're trying to get one demon out. Not, not a great, not a great ruler of the darkness of the world. Not, not, not one of the wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. They're trying to get a demon out of a boy We're not, we, we don't, need enough power to compete with a supernova. Do you, do you understand what we're dealing with here? We need enough power to get the demon out, preferably, you know, uh, an overcharge of power so that this is not a struggle. We just tell him to come out and he comes out. But that is what we're dealing with. We're trying to get a demon, an evil spirit out of a child. Praise God. Now, in context, remember that God's faith because God created the, the world and, and the universe by his spoken word. So the faith of God can create oceans and planets and stars and galaxies. But you, you need to understand that that's probably not your assignment to create the next Jupiter. Okay. It's, it's probably not your assignment to go create the next star system. No. Some of you, you're just trying to pay a bill. Some of you, you're, you're believing perhaps for a better job or to get a new job. 
Some of you, you're trying to get your children through uh, a, a specialized means of education that's catered to them so that they have the tools and skills they need to succeed in life. You're not over here trying to create a new planet and oceans on it. You're not trying to release mega power. You're not trying to uh, work with cosmic power. In this case, they're just trying to get a demon out of a kid. Wow. All right. So Jesus says that all you need is a mustard seed. But here's the catch. It's a mustard seed of God's faith. Did you catch that? God has all faith. God, God, God said, light be. And God began to create. And he called things into existence. And so there is still an outward expansion of that creative word that was spoken. And the universe is not just going in this direction. It's going, it's going in all directions, north, south, east, and west, up, down. It's going like that. And it's going at the speed of light. Woo! Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, that's a lot of power. Yes, you don't need that much power. Pastor Stephen, that's raw faith. Yes, and you don't need that much faith. You, you, you don't have to create a whole animal kingdom. You don't have to create an entire plant kingdom. You don't have to create 4,000 different types of fish. You're just trying to get your kid through college. You're, you're, you're believing God for this. You're believing God for a new product or for your sales to increase because you want to be a greater blessing to the kingdom of God. So what do you need? You just need a mustard seed. You just need a mustard seed, but look, that's a mustard seed of God's faith. Oh, glory to God. Here's my new pen. I, I, I go through these by just, you know, pretty often, just notes, 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 and then I've got to get a new pen. And once I find a pen I like, I just keep using it, and I, you know, Kelly will buy me new ones. But here's the thing. When I buy, when I take the new pen out of the package on the little tip, there's a little wax seal that's over the edge. That way you don't get ink. Uh, ink doesn't come out or something like that. So I always have to take that little wax tip off and it's about the size of what would go on the, maybe the pinhead of a little tiny needle. It's so small, kind of reminds me of a mustard seed, but that's, that's what God's saying. You don't need this big bucket of this mega radioactive, super atomic cosmic galaxy moving power. Look, that's all God's faith, but you just need a little bitty piece of that God faith. And with that, you can move a mountain and you can certainly get a demon out of a child because with that, when that faith, when that voice comes on the scene, something's going to break, better get out of the way. Something's going to break. When the real voice shows up, something's going to break. And all you need is a mustard seed, just a little tiny piece of God's faith and that's what this faith is. It's not yours or mine. It's, it's the faith that God gave us. And you can exercise that and develop your faith and get stronger with it. And you realize, wow, th this literally can move a mountain. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. All you need is a mustard seed of God's faith. Now, let's talk about a, a similar example. Nuclear reactors, they're using certain types of uh, radioactive rare earth elements. You have uranium, and pretty much when they're using uranium, they got to use the U-235 because that's the kind that they really need. And there's not many places in the earth that have it. Uh, you might also, you know, might be working with uh, plutonium and things along that line. 
but you have to realize the, the power that you're working with when you're dealing with these types of materials. You can uh, go to a naval uh, shipyard like San Diego, California, where you see uh, some of these big aircraft carriers that would make their, their home there. But these aircraft carriers, although they can have five to 7,000 people living on them, you got all these jets and aircraft. You basically have a city on a boat. That's what's going on. A highly defensive city all on a boat. But there in the nuclear reactor, they're using this uh, fissionable material, this, this rare earth material, usually uranium. And when it's condensed and when it's put in that reactor, and it's top secret. They don't tell you actually how much it weighs or how much they're using. But in some ways, there, there is scientists that can kind of figure it out. It's, it's about the size of a golf ball. And that, that piece of nuclear material, the size of a golf ball, will push the propellers and the engine structure of that. Of course, of course that, that ship doesn't really have an engine in a sense. The nuclear reactor is the engine. It'll push that ship through the water at a high rate of speed, and that ship weighs over a million pounds, it'll push it all over the planet, anywhere the captain steers it, it'll do that for 25 years. Isn't that not incredible? That's tremendous amounts of power. So if I had that in my hand, but all, I, let, let's say I have electric vehicle, but I've got this, I've got this plutonium uranium, I could power a battleship pasture Stephen with this. Yeah, but all you need to do is charge your car. We don't need this whole ball of massive power. I just need a little speck right there, and I can charge my car for the next 100 years. <laughs> and you could. <laughs> Woo! It's the same with God's Word. The voice of the Lord is powerful. It shatters. It breaks. There's nothing stronger than it. There's, there's not even these stars are not stronger because God, God created them. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have to understand that when God speaks, it is a release of energy that produces faith to accomplish what he called you, what he called me to do. And when you hear the voice of God, it is a release of power. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So this is why um, I love the statement that the Lord gave to prophet Kenneth Copeland years back. And that statement is this. One word from God can change your life. Now think about that in the context of what we're dealing with here. Cosmic power. One word from God can change your life. Oh, you better believe it can. Because if you take that word by faith and believe it, and by the way, when you hear the voice of God, you don't doubt that. It's too powerful. My friends, that will just obliterate anything in the path that God has called you to walk. And there, there will be obstacles. Absolutely. But the voice shatters. The voice breaks the most obstinate barriers to the glory of God. Hallelujah. So faith, faith is not about crying and, uh, and, and having all these tears. No, faith is accessing the power of God through hearing God talk, through hearing God speak, through the voice of the Lord himself. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Get ready. Get ready. You're going to hear the voice of the Lord. Mm -mm. Woo. Oh, it's, it's, it's a game changer. That's an understatement. 
Oh, absolutely. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. God's power is released through hearing His voice. Now, we do have our traditional translation of the receiving of faith. Let's look at that just for a moment. That's uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing how? By the Word of God. And the, uh, the word there in Greek is rhema. Faith comes by hearing the rhema, or the living, the living Word of God. Not just an intellectual uh, dispensation that gives you knowledge, although that's good, but hearing a living Word. You could also say it like this, faith comes by hearing God talk. Praise the Lord. You cannot hear God speak to you and doubt Him. Now, you can hear God speak to you. You can hear His voice, and you could, you could potentially disobey Him like Jonah did, but I highly advise against that because for those that have that, that grace of having heard the Lord speak to them and then to do a 180 and go the other way and not only not do it, but do the exact opposite. Unless you repent real quick, you're probably not going to live very long on the planet. But Jonah pulled himself together through a, a difficult experience with the big fish, as we're well aware of, and uh, repented, got back online, praise God. But he couldn't act like he didn't hear the voice. Well, God, I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear you, and I'm going to get on a ship, and I'm going to go for a cruise. I don't want to go to, I don't want to, go to Nineveh. Well, that doesn't work with God. And it didn't work with Saul either. Look at this in the book of Acts. I love this story. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 verse. Let's look at verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Still breathing threats and murder. Wow. Sounds like to me like this guy is a good candidate for being a cedar tree. Sounds like to me that the voice of the Lord is about to speak to him, and there's going to be a shattering and a breaking. And there certainly was. Uh, he went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were on the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was, he was literally, uh, it, it implies in the Greek, he's hunting them. He's not just walking around, though. He's hunting them. Uh, in the Greek, it's, it's the imagery of a hunter hunting an animal with the endeavor to capture it or kill it. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard what? Heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And look, when that voice speaks, it doesn't matter if you're Jonah. Hey, you, you know I'm talking to you, Jonah. And it doesn't matter if you're Saul and you're in a mood to maybe kill some more Christians today. When God talks, it's wake-up call real quick. Because <laughs> Saul can't go, well, I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that. No, no, no. You're on the ground. You're knocked out. You're under the power. And everybody else has seen this light. And they know something's going on. But Saul's the one that's hearing the voice. And there ain't no acting like you didn't hear it. Mm -mm. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And then the conversation uh, continues. But my friends, I'm telling you what, that voice is loaded with power. It'll knock a man down. It'll break the hardest 
cedar trees. It'll break any kind of tree, any kind of rock, anything. It'll go right through it. Praise God. Lord, we give you praise. So when you hear it, you can't doubt it. It's too powerful. Now, let me say that success for you, the believer in Jesus, is tied to hearing the voice of God. And this is what I want to bring this down to today. Many of you, of course, you know the scriptures, but you must also know the voice behind the scriptures. Why? Because we're not just dealing with ink on paper. You know, I was, um, I was reading a, a story that Kenneth Hagin told, you know, he passed on with the be with the Lord, I think in, uh, what was it? Year 2003. But he told the story of a preacher that uh, he preached uh, until I think he was 72 years old, pastor, he pastored a church a long, long time. And, uh, but when he was in his seventies and he was retired, I think he retired at the age of 72. One of his church members had gone to another meeting at another type of church and had gotten saved, born again, and filled with the Holy Spirit. That former church member went back and talked to her former pastor and said to him, uh, she said, Pastor, I know you pastored a, a long, long time for several decades. I'm talking like you pastored like for 35 or 40 years. And she said, um, but did you ever give your heart to Jesus? Have you ever encountered Jesus as your Savior? And have you been born again? And he said, no. He said, I, I actually have never had that happen. Can you believe that? And she led him to Christ right there on the spot. And so then he became, for the remaining years of his life, he became ultra busy. Why? Everything he was doing before, he wasn't even born again. He wasn't just saved. He never knew the voice. He never knew the person behind the word. So for him, it's just stories. For him, it's just ink on paper. For him, it's just another good way to live your life. Just like all the other religions would suggest to live a good life. And then when you die, your good deeds hopefully will outweigh your bad deeds. And whoever God is or wherever heaven is, you should be allowed in. That's not the gospel at all. That's, that's religious self-works. And that will not get anybody into heaven. He got saved in his 70s. And then once he was born again, then he really began to work for the Lord. And the Lord, of course, is so sweet that when you do come to him on his terms, uh, he, he could really make up lost time for you really quick. I tell you, we serve such a wonderful, good God. But that's what I'm wanting to get across today is that you must know the voice behind the scriptures. You must come in contact with the Holy Spirit behind the letters. Do you realize that there are those that are in the church today, they are so ignorant of the scriptures that if you begin to talk about the epistles, they think those were the wives of the apostles. They have no clue that the epistles are their letters written by the men of God to the church. We are living in a time where there is tremendous, tremendous biblical ignorance, not only in the church. Of course, there is outside of the church. They don't know the Lord. They don't know God or His Word or His ways. But in the church, there are many that they have never made contact with the Spirit behind what's on ink and paper. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. But you must. You must. Behind every written word is the voice of God. 
Think about that. Anytime Jeremiah, the prophet would stand up and say, thus says the Lord, well, the, the spirit of God's behind that. And then that becomes canon of scripture. Isaiah stands up and he begins to prophesy. And then that becomes canonized in scripture as the word of God. But behind that's the Holy spirit. So you must have real encounters with the true and living God. You must be able to hear God speak to you. Praise God. All great exploits carried out in scripture were done by those that heard the voice of God. Very quickly, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter six, verse 13. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the ark. Here it is. Get ready for this. Make yourself an ark. Woo. Make yourself an ark. What a word. Pastor Stephen, I wonder why he did that. Because God told him to. And he heard the voice of God. And they better pretend like you, better not pretend like you didn't hear that, or else your life rafter, you're swimming. I don't care how good of a swimmer you are, there's something coming that you cannot outswim. Mm -mm. And of course, what does that voice do? It causes faith to explode in the recipient that heard the voice. And he's like, I'm going to build it, Lord. And with that faith comes the energy and strength and the power to believe, to take hold of God at his word and to begin to do it. What was the end result? Verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. And it took, it took just a little over 120 years, excuse me, a little over 100 years, but he built it. How did you do? How did you do that? He did it off the voice that spoke to him, that divine instruction, and then infused power and faith into him. Praise God today. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send you, this is Moses, to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now here's the voice. Here's God speaking, his voice communicating to Moses, the guy that formerly ran out of Egypt, the fugitive on the run. And now God says, I'm sending you back. Egypt, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Woo! Well, well, Lord, it would have to be you for this to work. Yep, and that's why there's no substitute for hearing that voice. You must hear that voice because if God says you can do it, then you actually can do it. Woo! It removes doubt. It removes guesswork. It removes all of these questions. Well, I, I sure am a hoping God does it. No, this removes all that a hope and then a wishing and a praying and a sweating. That this brings the certainty that you must have on divine call, on divine assignment. Can you imagine trying to build an ark and God didn't tell you to do it? Where do you think that's going to end up at? Probably in bankruptcy or a real bad backache. <laughs> Praise God. Here's the truth. Until you hear from God, you really don't have anything solid to hold on to. Mm. Think about that just for a moment. Praise the Lord. It's not enough to see things in the Word of God because what you see only represents hope, but what you hear represents substance. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When faith is void of substance, you don't have faith, you've got a fake. And that's dangerous. 
And that's why people have these, uh, I'm, I'm talking about Christians can have these very disappointing uh, things that they run into or they run out of gas and then they say, well, I tried, but they were never authorized with the authentic voice in the first place. Because when God gives his voice, praise God, you're on your way to the top. Praise God. Well, then we need to ask ourselves, how do we hear the voice of God? Now, I want to share Three primary ways. Get ready because you are going to hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. Yes, we are primarily led by the inward witness, the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit. But there are times that God wants to talk. We don't serve a deaf, mute idol. Hallelujah. Our God is a living God. He talks. <laughs> Woo! Get ready to encounter the powerful, shattering voice of God. Now, He's not going to shatter you. But I'll tell you, I've heard the voice of God, and it is authoritative. Even when the Lord sometimes speaks gently, or sometimes the Lord would speak in a way where He's not, it's not like a heavy moment. Oh, it's, it's still authority. It's just, it's just who He is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the head of the church. Praise God. All right. How do we hear the voice of God? Number one is you're going to have to get into the spirit because flesh and blood, physical nature can't reach into heaven and just pick up the voice of God. Like you're picking up a telephone, turning your phone on and talking to God. It doesn't work like that with flesh and blood. You're going to have to be in the spirit. We see an example of this in uh, the book of revelation chapter one, the revelation of Jesus Christ chapter one, verse Verse 10, I was in the spirit ooh, on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Well, see, you have to be in the spirit because God is a spirit and he will communicate with your spirit. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go now over to the gospel of Matthew. We're going to Matthew chapter 16. And let's see what Jesus said in verse 17. Well, look at verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He didn't get this because he's so smart. He didn't get this because he sat down and figured out a formula about God. He didn't get this because a rabbi whispered it to him and told him who Jesus really was. He got this by divine revelation. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Praise the Lord. So flesh and blood can't reach up to heaven to take a hold of the voice of God. Only spirit can contact spirit. So you must be able to get into the spirit. Praise God. Now, one of the easy ways to get into the spirit is just begin to pray in tongues, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, and just get on out there in the spirit and keep praying. I'm telling you, this is still, despite the various messages that I've preached and other good ministers have preached on the subject of tongues, it is still a vastly, vastly 
unexplored area for the body of Christ that we need to venture out further into. It's just like our oceans. We have had some people go down into the uh, Marianas Trench and uh, technically go to the deepest part, this or that and the other, but it's still just the thumb, it's a little uh, a thimble full of water in the ocean. There is still so much. Uh, we, they actually say we know more about the moon than we know about our own oceans. And that's the truth. But the same thing with these ventures out into the spirit. Just begin to pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, and you will begin to move over into the spirit. And it is the gateway into the other gifts. It is the gateway into the walk of the spirit. Praise God. You can uh, uh, only contact the Holy Spirit through your spirit. So you must be in the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, number two, this is critical. You must be free from anxiety. Hallelujah. And God's going to help some of you with this that struggle in this area. I want to show you that even great prophets, you're going to, uh, even great prophets have to be free from it. We see this in the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. And let's go to verse 13. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. Oh, they were all fake prophets, false prophets that would just prophesy whatever, uh, you know, the king or queen wanted them to say. They were just a bunch of hired puppets. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. He was a real pessimist. Woo. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, a good king, I would not look at you nor see you. He's speaking to the king of Israel. Can you feel the tension? But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. You, you do understand that Elisha, he's not going around everywhere needing a, a minstrel. He's not, he's not needing somebody to walk around with a harp all the time. But what has happened is that this king of Israel has agitated him because he knows the wickedness of the king of Israel. And really, Jehoshaphat should not even be hanging out with him. But nevertheless, now the prophet's on the scene, and there's this friction. And my friends, he, he, he has some anxiety. He's worked up. Uh, it's, it's like watching the news too much. It's all negative. And before you know it, it starts to get you upset and full of fear and stuff like that. Turn it off. Well, that's what he's got to do. How does he pull out of it? Well, he's in the Old Testament, so they had seven of the nine spiritual gifts, but the two they did not have were tongues and interpretation of tongues. So it's not like he can start talking in tongues to get himself over in the spirit. So he's got to get some help. So he needs an, an anointed musician, a minstrel to begin to play so he can get calmed down and he can get calmed down and he can hear what God is saying. If you want to hear what God is saying and hear the voice of God, you must it's not optional. You must be free from anxiety. Mm -mm. I do know some prophets, they can get in the spirit just like that. Prophesy, boom, just like that. But they're not anxious. You have to be in a calm state. You have to walk in the spirit. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Now, we also see this in the Gospel of Luke. Let's go over to chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, and let's go, let's go down to verse 14. 
Uh, and, uh, some of you brace yourselves for this one. Mm, I'm coming. I'm coming at you, Western American church, Western part of the world. I'm coming. Uh, Americans and the Canadians, uh, believers, I'm coming at you. With, and of course, it includes me too in this verse. Brace yourselves for this one. Verse 14, now the ones that fell among the thorns, that would be the seed that was sown. Now the ones that were the seed that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares. That's anxieties, all forms of cares and concerns and anxieties. And they're choked with cares, choked with riches and choked with pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. You're going to have to unload this anxiety. And this is why some are not prospering. They've heard the biblical message of prosperity, but the reason they're not prospering is because the foundation is wrong because their motives are all wrong. They want this stuff for themselves. They want prosperity. They want all these riches and they're just, they're thinking about it all the time. And they're thinking about how much more money do I need to be able to buy this? And it just consumes them. And then because they're also ungrateful when then when they get it, that they're, they're still not happy. They're on to the next thing and stuff starts stacking up, stacking up, stacking up and garages are full of stuff and storage units are full of stuff and they're still not happy. They're still, they're on to the next thing. And because of being like that, they can't produce anything for God. And they're choked. They are literally choked. It is a false foundation that needs to be fixed if you want to be productive and bring forth the 100-fold return. But your motives must be right. God bless me so I can further your kingdom. And you have to really mean it because God can look right in there way beyond any x-ray can do, way beyond any Superman vision can do. God can look right in there. And if that's a struggle, you're going to have to get that fixed and get that care. Get all these cares off of you and get your eyes on the Lord and His kingdom. And then things begin to happen. Whoo, I'm telling you, I've seen people in the world, I've even seen people in the church, they're just always, always wanting another, always, oh yeah, I, I'll get that, I'll be happy. And you know what it is? It's anxiety. Anxiety. And guess what? They can't hear from God. It's not surprising. Pastor Stephen, God's not saying anything. No, He doesn't speak in, in chaotic situations like that. You have to unload all of that stuff. First Peter chapter five, verse seven, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. It doesn't matter what the care is. And you could have some, what we would call legitimate bona fide cares, but you're going to have to get that over to the Lord's big shoulders. You and I are not designed to carry it. You're going to have to pray and get with the Lord until you get that over on him completely. And then you can be free. And then you can hear the voice of God. Mm. I've been in the middle sometimes of, of some situations that looked really uh, like it was some things were going in the wrong direction in some situations that people wanted me to pray about. I remember one situation, somebody said, please pray, please pray about that situation. That's, that's going in the wrong direction. Well, um, I was in a very peaceful place and just got alone with the Lord and kept waiting, waiting on the Lord. And the Lord told me, he said, he said, oh, no, they, they're viewing it wrong. 
that situation is going to be just fine. Give it time. Watch. You'll see it's going to come out just right. And you know what? As, as some time went by, a few months, that situation began to solidify. It became beautiful. Now years have gone by, and we all look and see now that was the planting of the Lord. But there were others that were already ready to try to uproot it and say, oh, oh, no, 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 no. But, but God saw that hearts were right, and he blessed, and he blessed and that's a beautiful thing today. Unload every care, every anxiety. Mm-mm, praise the Lord. If you want to hear the voice, and you know that power in that voice, you know what that can do. Yes, it can change your life. One word, it can change your life. But you're going to have to unload all that anxiety. Praise God. Give it to Jesus. You're not, you and I are not supposed to be carrying it anyhow. Praise the Lord. Philippians gives us a tremendous instruction about this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Praise God. Anxiety, it's a killer. It produces a fruitless life. You cannot bring anything to maturity with anxiety in your life. And let me say also that anxiety is an evidence of doubt and unbelief. Anxiety comes from these thoughts like, ooh, ooh, oh boy, I sure, I sure hope this is going to work. See, that, that's not faith. That, that, that's anxiety. So get that settled. Unload all of that stuff so that you can hear from God and be rock solid. Mm-hmm. Unmovable. Woo. Wow, you're riding on that word that came from the voice. You are riding on that word. Mm-mm. You can put your whole life on it. You can put your whole life on it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we know that there are many voices in the earth, but I'm talking about, of course, the pure, powerful uh, voice of the Lord God. If uh, and Now, I have heard fake voices in the spirit realm before. If you ever have any hesitancy, Question the voice and say, did, Je- did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Is Jesus Christ the son of the living God? And did he come in the flesh? A demonic voice will always say, no, he is not the son of God. He did not come in the flesh. That is a lying spirit. There are whole religions today formed around men that heard a voice, but it came from the satanic realm. Maybe they even maybe they even met the messenger of the voice as a as perhaps like an angelic being, but even Satan can trans- transform himself into what would appear to be an angel of light, and we have men that had these these false counterfeit visitations, and they ran with a voice and with a word that was contrary to Scripture, and now. Multitudes are in the delusion that have followed those, those wicked men. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But we're staying on course with God's word. It must line up with the word of God. It must give all the glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And of course it must be in harmony with scripture. Now, now we see that we must be in the spirit. We must be free from anxiety. And also we must be able to obtain quietness. Isaiah chapter 30, let's turn over there just for a moment. Have your heart positioned because God's going to speak to you. Hallelujah. 
Isaiah chapter 30. This also is why some believers who know so much scripture, they cannot obtain a victory in a certain area because they have never heard what God would speak to them. They're always trying to use what worked for somebody else. And they, they, they know, they know the ink on paper really, really good, but they have never heard God once speak to them what God's word for them is. You must have your own word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, God called my grandfather to be a preacher, and God called my father to be a preacher, and they, they said that I'm called too. Well, did God ever tell you? Uh, no, no, they, they just said that I, had, I, 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 I just looked like a preacher. That's not, that's not going to work. When, when stuff starts getting tough, that's, that's not going to work. You have to know, and God's going to let you know. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. So these things center around returning and resting with the Lord, being right with God, and obtaining that quiet place, hallelujah, so that you can hear God speak. Praise the Lord. Now, we also see in verse 21 of that same chapter, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Hallelujah. There have been times I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me. There have been times I've had the Lord Jesus speak to me. There have been times I've had uh, the Lord's angels speak to me. When the angels speak, it seems like they're right behind you. Sometimes like over your left shoulder or over your right shoulder. And there, there have been times I've, I've just turned around and looked to see, you know, wow, that, that was like somebody was standing there. Well, yes, somebody was standing there. Hallelujah. You must be able to hear. God's going to talk to you. God's going to bring communication to you. So we must have a quiet, calm atmosphere. Now, let's go to Psalm 46.10. And here we see that God says, be still, be still, be still, and know. So knowing comes out of stillness which also denotes quietness. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So God wants to work through you and do things that bring him glory that will lift him up, not even just locally, but even nationally, even internationally. Mm -mm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord is like fire. The word of the Lord is like a hammer and the voice of the Lord is so powerful that nothing can stop it. Now God has a word prepared for you. God wants to speak to you. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a God who is not mute or deaf. You are a God that created lips and tongues and uh, eyes and ears, you created us in your image so that there can be communication. And you speak, O oh God, to our spirit. And we thank you that you speak through your word. And through your word, O oh God, it must come by as the living word anointed of your spirit. O oh God, we thank you 
We thank you, Father God. Now let your people have their own word. Thank you, Father, that David killed Goliath with just one stone. All it took was one in a sense, one word. So father, we thank you for the word. We thank you. Oh God, for your voice coming forth in an unmistakable way. We give you praise. We thank you that you are a speaking God. We celebrate your voice. We celebrate your majesty. We say that your voice is majestic and we delight in having you talk to us. Father, we thank you in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Well, that's quite exciting when you know that the God that created supernovas and all of these uh, galaxies who created all of that, you're talking power beyond comprehension, wants to talk to you too. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I hope God doesn't blow me into a million different atoms. <laughs> He'll dial it all down. He'll dial it down. He's, he's coming to you not, not to blow you up like a mountain. Not to shatter you like a tree. He's coming to talk to you. Mm -mm. Woo, hallelujah, praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. There's an anointing right here, right now, for breakthrough. Father, I just pray that angels of breakthrough be released into the lives of your people to shatter obstacles that would be on the path, that any insufficiencies, any deficits just be made up, and, oh, God, just any logs in the way be busted and broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let the breakthrough angels go forth now in Jesus' name in the lives of your people. And we give you praise. Hallelujah. God's going to come shatter that old sickness and disease that's been afflicting you. And God's going to shatter it. How? With his voice. His voice is going to come to you, and it's going to break that and shatter that. Uh, see those, those trees that were shattered in Mount St. Helens, they could live to be a thousand years. Sickness and disease could just think, well, I'm going to hang around and torment this person forever. Oh, no, no, no. God could come and boom, just break it to pieces right where it's at. And it's gone just like that. Praise God. Praise God. Addictions and chains, bondages, just falling off in the name of Jesus. You know, I love the story that R.W. Schambach told one time where after a, uh, a meeting, he went to a doctor's house. The doctor said, I want uh, you to come to my house with my wife. She's a really good cook, and I want you to have your meal with us after your meeting's over. He said, okay. He said, I want to tell you a story. And so while he goes over to their house for dinner, he said, uh, uh, he said, Reverend Schambach, I'd like to tell you what happened to me. He said, I was a doctor. And he said, I got sick. And there was nothing that medical science could do for me. And we spent and spent uh, about all the money I had. And we drained all of our finances, drained all of our savings in, or in order to get the treatment and the help that I needed. But eventually, the disease continued just to eat me up alive. And so I'm in the, uh, the room in a, a critical situation. And he said, he said, they brought the priest in. A Catholic priest came in and ministered to me the last rites. Because he said, I was right on the edge of about, I was about to die. And he said, after that priest left, he said, the door opened and another priest came in. He said, he was dressed a little bit different. He was wearing a white robe. And he walked up to me and he said these words to me. He said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. And he said, I lay there 
in that bed thinking, what do you mean I don't have any trouble? He's got tubes and all this stuff hooked up to him and machines hooked up to him and they're barely able to keep him alive. And he said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Get up. You're healed. Go shave and walk out of here. Woo. And the person left. Now that was the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. He left. That man said he started pulling tubes out and pulling all kinds of stuff out. He got, he got up, went over to the bathroom. He started shaving and the nurse walked in and said, Oh, what are you doing? You're dying. He said, he, she, she said, the priest has pronounced last rites over you. He said, he said, cool it lady. Another priest has came in. He's given me some different rites. <laughs> and he keeps on shaving and she runs out to get the people to, you know, to try to put him in a straitjacket or whatever. So he shaves real quick, gets dressed and he leaves. Boom. Totally healed, totally, totally, totally healed by that word that came to him. Shambach said the story was so good, he totally forgot about the food, never even ate any food that night. He was overwhelmed by the story that that man told. What changed it for that man? The voice speaking to him, get up, you're healed, go shave, walk out of here, put on your clothes, walk out of here. Powerful. I'm telling you, it's life-changing, life-changing. There's nothing that can hold down the voice of the Lord. There, there's nothing that can stop it. No, there's nothing on earth. There's nothing in the universe. There's nothing in the spirit realm. There's nothing in hell. There's nothing that can stop the voice of the Lord God Almighty. Father, bless your people. In Jesus' name, thank you. Your voice is going to come to them with a specific word for them. Hallelujah. Now you're watching me today. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are separated from this power. You're on the outside. You're in the dark kingdom of sin and spiritual death. Today, Christ offers you the opportunity to turn from your sin and to receive him as your Lord and Savior and to be transferred out of darkness into light and to become a son, a child of God. If you would like to receive eternal life, Pray right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. You died on the cross to save sinners like me. You paid the penalty of my sin. Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. and Let me know your power. Speak to me, Lord. And thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. I'd love to hear that you've crossed over into eternal life, that you're now in the church. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Well, let's celebrate the Lord Jesus today. Let's take Holy Communion. I've got a little wafer and some grape juice. Grab your grape juice and your little piece of bread, and let's get ready to pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and juice. We are here now to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, because it's through his death that we have life and all of the blessings that we now enjoy. We thank you, Father, that Jesus paid the price for our full redemption, and we are determined to enjoy it and to bring as many others into this experience as well. Thank you, Father, for the bread and the blood of Jesus. We pray over it now. We set up this apart as being holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Savior. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Father, as we receive his flesh, we just thank you that the word became flesh. <laughs> thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, for your word. Thank you. We celebrate the body of Jesus in his name. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody right now is being completely delivered from anxiety. You are being, you have actually been under a spirit of anxiety. And if that thing is leaving you right now, it is being driven out by the power of the Holy Spirit. I command the spirit of anxiety to release you fully and to go right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're free. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Your world just got some color too, didn't it? Amen. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission, the taking away of our sins. We thank you that in Christ we are clean, we are righteous. We thank you, Father God, that you are maturing us to be your mature sons and daughters in the earth. We give you praise. Father, may the image of Jesus be formed in us as mature sons. We thank you, Father God, for the blood, the mighty blood of Jesus. We thank you for the force-filled hedge of protection of the blood of Jesus around our lives that no enemy can penetrate. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Let us lift our hands and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Because the Lord's about to blow up some cedar trees. Hallelujah. He's about to demolish some obstacles. He's going to smash them so hard and so strong. They'll fall just like those at Mount St. Helens. They'll fall faster than a second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you're on assignment. And all you care about is the kingdom of God. All you're after is for the Lord to be glorified in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's going to be on the move for you. Amen. Father, we give you praise. We thank you that your word is coming and that your word runs swiftly throughout the earth to accomplish what you have assigned it to do. We thank you, Father. Let us be quick to move with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Position yourself. To hear from God. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye bye.